All right. So we have over here Tiana Garcia. Um, pardon me if I pronounce wrongly. Tiani Garcia, thank you. <laughs> Garcia, okay. So before getting started, uh, uh, first introduce yourself. What do you actually do? And uh, tell the audience that what is your profession? Yeah, so I live here in California, specifically Orange County, California. So we're in between Los Angeles and San Diego. And I work from home with my sister. So we help run a financial services brokerage. So basically what that means is that we work from home and we look for other people who want to get licensed in securities, investments. Um, and so basically what we do is we help middle-class families start preparing for the future. We help them prepare in case they pass away tomorrow, what's going to happen to all the expenses, you know, all the debt that they have. But we also help prepare them for the future. Like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do for retirement? So we specifically target middle-class families um, just to help out our community. So that's a little bit about what we do. Okay, okay. So you your focus towards your profession is, I should say, financial planning related. Yes, yeah. So in order to be considered a financial advisor here or a financial planner, you have to have a specific license. So we do help people create plans, but because of the licenses, we can't really call ourselves financial planners. So when people on the internet start saying like, oh, I'm a financial advisor, I'm a financial planner, we have to be very uh, weary of like what types of licenses they have. So though we do help people with like financial plans, because of the license, we can't officially call ourselves like financial planners or advisors. But you actually, you don't call yourself as a financial advisor, but you can say that these are my opinions and this is my uh, my experience yeah. towards whatever we do. So on this basis, we can advise uh, to the clients and all yes, the people, exactly. Right? So we're yeah, exactly. So we're able to do that, but in order to be considered a financial advisor, you have to have the Series Seven amongst other licenses. Um, so though we do advise, like we can't call ourselves that basically. So it, it's just something for people to be cautious of. Um, because I've come across a lot of people, you know, on social media, Instagram, TikTok, that they give financial advice, but they don't disclose, oh, by the way, I'm not licensed or I'm not certified. So when it comes to getting financial advice, you want to make sure that someone is either licensed, um, has gotten the proper schooling or, or has the certification. So. All right. All right. Great. So the first question that I would like to ask you is that the spending culture in the United States. I heard a lot that people spend more money than they actually earn. Yes, they do. That's why a lot of people are in debt right now. Yes, but uh, I want to know that what is the actual reason behind that? I mean, uh, people do have a full-time jobs when they are earning forty to $60,000 annually, but still they are spending more than... Uh, they are earning and and I and uh, whatever I, I believe that forty to sixty thousand dollars annually is pretty good amount to live yeah. a, a decent lifestyle. But exactly. Still people, uh, but still, people prefer to spend a lot of money on materialistic stuff and all the fancy things. So, what are your thoughts on this? And uh, uh, in which area you live? And you, have you ever? Uh, see this kind of thing in your area or it is just a thing that happens in uh, big cities like uh, Washington DC, New York and uh, uh, some places of California. Yeah, no, and you're definitely right, you know, because making between 40 to 60,000, that's, that's medium. 
um, and it should give you a decent lifestyle. But the problem here is that the cost of living is very high, especially in some states like in California, everything is very expensive here. And I know other states may be a little bit more affordable, but sometimes the minimum wage doesn't add up. Not only that, but at a job, they don't give enough raises to keep up with inflation. And the problem with a lot of people, I believe, is that it's just all um, like a personal problem where they do not have enough financial discipline to stay out of debt because it's very easy to get into debt. I myself wasn't debt. You know, I, I had $6,000 of credit card debt and because I would just put a card and psychologically, when you have a credit card, you think, oh, I'm going to pay it off later. No, next month. And like, you oh, spend more it. money when you swipe, uh, when you use card. And on the other hand, if you use cash, you eventually spend less because you can feel that you are losing your money. Yeah. And you're like, oh, even with a debit card, like I see it go down. I'm like, oh my gosh, no. <laughs> but with a credit card, you really don't feel it because it's not like it's really there. Um, and that's one of the problems is that a lot of people, it's very common for people to get into debt. How, you know, get a house, get a mortgage, and then buy a new car, get all these student loans. And people forget that we're able to get cars without having to get into a lot of debt. And then people can go to school without having to get thousands of dollars of student loans. Like I met so many people that have like $80,000 in student loans. They have all of these medical bills and they're okay with that. They don't want to pay it off. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, you have to get out of debt because the longer you're in debt, it's, it hurts you. You can't start saving and investing money. Exactly. So long-term you're losing money. And you have but to pay all hefty interest rate to the lender also. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's the problem. You know, it's just so easy to get into debt and psychologically people start building up to it. Like, oh, it's just a hundred dollars this month. Like, oh, I can just put it on my credit card. Or sometimes people will say, um, no, well, I get points back or I get cash back. But yeah, look at how much you're putting into your card. And I'm not saying like, hey, don't use credit cards. Don't get a mortgage. No, I'm, that's not what I'm saying. It's just be more careful and being a little bit more disciplined with our finances so we don't go overboard. Because I have met people that they're really great with using credit cards. They pay it off every month. You know, they accumulate their credit. They do get that cash back. But then there's the other people like me that I was just stuck in debt. I don't know how to get out of debt. I was just lost. And oh, my goodness. And it's scary. It's very scary. Yes, it is scary, but for, for many people, I should say, it is just a thing that can uh, they can ignore. They're like They are not serious about the debt they carry. Exactly. So, yeah, so yeah, again, the, as you just mentioned that uh, about credit card, right? So here in India, uh, it, it is not uh, that much trend, but I should say for the past two to three years, people have started leveraging more and more credit cards. In mm -hmm. one article, I've read that uh, out of uh, 100 people, uh, three people only uh, use credit card. Uh, three people have credit card. Either one yeah. or two, obviously, it is, it is less. And if we talk about the United States, uh, out of 100 people, they have more than 300 credit cards. So yeah. that, that, that means we can say that each, every individual has uh, three credit cards. On an average. Yeah. Oh, my parents had like 10. <laughs> so they had like five or six each. Yeah. And then when I was um, 17, my dad put me on his credit card and I had three credit cards when I was like 16, 17. So I started 
you know, getting into debt from very early on. Yes. So the actual question is that why people prefer to leverage credit card too much? Is it that much easy to have credit card in the United States or what are the other reasons that we can consider? Yeah, because once you're eight, well, either your parents, um, for someone that's a minor, they can add you onto their credit cards. And that's what a lot of people have been starting to do, which I think is amazing. But again, it's just being careful and being disciplined and, and having that budget to where we don't go overboard. Um, and people, it's very easy for people to get credit cards at the age of 18, they'll give you one for like maybe $200. And then they'll, they'll start to increase it. And then because we see, oh, I have a limit of $1,000. Let me just add on to it. And then I'll pay it off later. But then later never comes and we don't pay it off. And then all these other expenses start to come in. Like I used to put emergency um, for example, like my dental procedures, my dental care, I used to put it on my credit card. So important things like that, where we should have an emergency fund in place. We it's so easy to put on a credit card and just forget about it. And the average person, the average family household has about like 15,000 in, in credit card debt and not to mention all the other stuff that they have. So it's like, it's so it's, it's really it's huge. Yes. It's too much because and if people have, sorry, go ahead. Yeah. So in the worst case scenario, let's say in the COVID-19 pandemic, something like that, uh, when people have no job and they lose their job. So in this kind of situation, they are in trouble. They face huge trouble because they have no money and they are already in debt. So in this type of situation, the government has to come in and uh, the government has to give money to them if, because there are millions of people who are in debt especially I talk about the United States. So government has mm -hmm. to spend money on stimulus uh, so that people can have a decent lifestyle. Yeah. And one of the downsides to having the stimulus and all of that is that it made people complacent to where a lot of people, they didn't want to go back to work because they were making more money by being on unemployment which is totally understandable. Like, yeah, I probably would have done the same thing. You know, if I'm making more money than going back to work, then I'm just going to stay at home. Um, but by giving people, you know, money, all these stimulus checks, again, it kind of makes them, it's, it's good, but it's bad because a lot of people, again, they're starting to depend on an outside source for money and it's not sufficient. It's not a sufficient amount of money. So it's like, yeah, maybe it's okay for for the short term but what about long term what about your other finances you you still have to go out and, and pay for it because it's it's just not enough money yes yes but yes. so if i talk about your industry which is insurance right so mm -hmm. my question is that are people uh, educated about the importance of insurance or you have to mentor or coach or something like that or what what is the level of awareness of course so it's something that everybody needs. We all need to be protected just in case we pass away tomorrow. However, there are too many options out there. And again, people have to be very careful to what's the best plan for them because a lot of times you have to read the fine print. And if you don't read the fine print, 
you're hurting yourself financially, maybe not yourself, but your family, definitely. Now, my parents used to have an insurance with the bank. And what we found out is that the only thing they would cover is if they had any amount of debt and they passed away, the bank would basically cover it. But like, what about us? You know, what about the funeral expenses? What about all of that? And sometimes we come across a lot of different types of policies. And again, it's very important for people to be aware of what they have, because not everybody's going to sit down with you and tell you, hey, this is what you have. This is a fine print. Um, so it's our job to come in and explain how everything works to them. And then it's up to the client to, you know, make an educated decision like, OK, is this what's best for my family? Not only that, but now we're running into the issue of cheaper is not better where sometimes people you know i'm all about saving money you know i'm all about that um, <laughs> um but again when it comes to our finances sometimes cheaper is not better and when it comes to the protection of, of your family do you want cheaper or do you want quality so it's just educating people properly so they're aware of everything so they know how everything works because again there's just so much out there. Same thing with like what you do with socks. You know, you have to explain to people how they work, you know, the pros and cons. So people are aware of everything. Okay. Okay. So uh, the thing that uh, I have felt here is that people uh, have the internet access and they prefer to search themselves and they just believe that they know everything. And they just start believing that they don't need any kind of agent or any kind of advisor. They can make their own decisions and many times, many times I have observed that they end up making a huge, huge mix mistakes. Yep, they do. Because again, you really do have to sit down with someone that's licensed that will explain everything to you so you're aware of everything. And I'm all for us doing everything on our own. But sometimes when it comes to finances, you it's better to sit down with someone that has a little bit more experience in you that is actually studying it and that will give you an honest opinion. Like I always tell people, hey, if I can't help you, then hey, it's totally fine, you know, stay where you're at. But if I'm able to help you either save more money, you know, put you in a better plan for your family, then why not? You know, let's sit down, let's talk about it. And it's always better to have a second opinion because again, we sit down with people of different professions. Like for example, like real estate, um, cosmetologists, doctors, lawyers, and they're experts in what they do. But when it comes to their finances, sometimes they're not like, you know, as much experience as we are. So it's just, sometimes it's just better to get a second opinion and it's always free. So it's like, Hey, you know, <laughs> ask for help. That's what I always say. That's what we're here for to help people. But uh, the major thing that happened with such kind of thing is that, let's say my my friend has done the that, uh, that kind of buy, that kind of insurance and invested in these area, then mm -hmm. I, will, I will also believe that it is the best thing that I need to consider. And I will just tell you as an agent that I want to invest or I need this kind of insurance. But actually, it is not the right product for me. Exactly. So again, everything is very customizable to people. Um, whatever their goals are, it's our job to help them like, okay, does this sound good? Does this fit within your budget? Do you see value in it most importantly? Because again, just because something's very cheap, it doesn't mean it's the best quality. It's kind of like when you buy a car, you know, you can buy, I'm not an expert in cars, by the way, but uh, from what I know, from what I've heard, obviously, like, you know, Mercedes tend to be a little bit better quality 
than like a Honda. So it's the same exact thing with your finances. You know, that's something that you do not want to be cheap and save money because if you can have somebody customize you a plan, then by all means, you know, totally go for it. All right, all right. So the final question is that, uh, what do you feel about the financial consulting industry in the United States that how much uh, one can make uh, regarding the advice or the, I mean, the, the consulting that you give on hourly basis or for, for annual basis or how, how do you charge your clients or something like that, if you can tell me so. Every industry is different because you have a lot of different areas in finances. Um, but the main thing to keep in mind is that I always put my clients first. I do what's best for them. And a lot of times, though you can make more money in a different area, sometimes it's not better if you're not putting your clients first. And in the industry, you can make so much money because you control your own clients. You know, you can have as many clients as you want or as little as you want. So it really just depends on you because there is no, there's no cap to this because it's your own business. It's your own clients and financial services is an industry that's always going to be around because we all need money. You know, we all want to make more money. We all have to save for retirement. So it's definitely a great field to be in, even just part-time. Um, it's just an incredible opportunity, especially because you get to help people and teach people about finances. And when I came in, I wanted to learn about personal finances. I needed to get out of debt. I needed to manage my money better. And I needed to start a retirement account. So I was able to learn all of that in, in this industry. Not only that, but I was able to help out all my family members, you know, get them started on a plan. And had I never gotten involved, you know, I don't know where they would be right now. Um, they still have nothing for retirement. So it's it's really great because we do make a huge difference in people's lives. All right, all right. So uh, the one thing that uh, comes in my mind is that uh, in your area or in your circle, uh, do you meet Indians often or uh, something like that? Have you ever, uh, ever talked with Indian or have met an Indian family or like that? No, I actually have not. I did have a friend um, that I kind of lost contact with, but yet um, I can't remember where she was from, but I, I did meet her um, and her family. Um, they were Indian or they are. Um, and she would always tell me like great things. And I was like, man, I want to go visit. Um, but other than her, no, I, unfortunately, I, I never have. Well, besides you. <laughs> okay, that's great. So I uh, just want to tell you that uh, uh, Indians are more... Uh, very much concerned about money management and they are very smart compared to yeah. uh, any other people. So you you won't see that, you won't see much that uh, Indians are uh, in debt in the United States. Well, that's good. They save a lot of money, they invest a lot of money, they come over here, they invest in Indian equity markets, they make a lot of money, they are very smart uh, while, while managing money. So... Yeah, uh, I did notice because a lot of um, a lot of them have a lot of businesses here. I'm like, man, you know, I wish they freaking taught us this, um, but no. So I think that's amazing. I didn't know that um, in India it had one of the lowest amounts of debt, which I think that's awesome. You guys have to teach us because, man, America's like suffering right now. <laughs> we have too much debt. Yeah, here we have a problem of uh, spending. You have a problem of saving. We don't spend much. We save too much. 
<laughs> I think that's a better problem to have, honestly, because you always have money there if you need it for like travel. So I think that's a better problem to have than spending. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. So it's a totally opposite uh, way of thinking. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I think that's amazing that you're able to save. So over there, do you have like retirement plans as well, like 401ks, like IRAs? Yes, we have a bunch of things like uh, once you start uh, making money, once you have a job, full-time job, you can open your account as a PPF, which is Public Provident Fund, where mm -hmm. uh, the government and the lender can offer you up to 75 to 8% interest rate. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's good. And if we talk about the other thing that uh, that is National Pension Scheme, Currently, it, it offers nearly 9, 9 to 9.5% return, which is really good. So when, when you turn 60, then and then you can withdraw that money. So there are some conditions on that. Mm -hmm. and, if we, and if one wants to make a retirement plan by equity investments, one can also start mm -hmm. investing for the longer period of time in mutual funds, and it, it helps to create wealth, where awesome. you can expect 12 to 15% returns as well. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, with mutual funds, that's usually what they average. So that's awesome. Yes, exactly. But people are not that much educated and people are not that much aware. But slowly and steadily, people are getting involved and things will, people will start understanding and they will start adopting the things like yeah. a different kind of financial planning, like child education planning, child marriage planning, retirement planning, and all such things. Yeah. So it's our job to go out and educate people so they know because it's I think that's one of the biggest epidemics right now is that, you know, people are not aware about how financial literacy is. And it's so important. It's so crucial for us to know. And now it's our job to go out there and, you know, spread the word, just teach everybody. Exactly. Exactly. I also believe the same. And, and I also knew I'm, I mean, I, I teach people for free. I, I, I do. I'm not interested to make money from that because it, it's. As a, I mean, a mutual fund distributor, and as I, I, as I have the knowledge of the financial, personal finance, and also things, it is my, I believe that it is my responsibility to teach others, and yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, guide the people in the right direction that they should not invest in the risky asset classes like crypto and all. Rather, they should focus exactly. more on uh, mutual funds, banks, and all these areas, which are backed by the government. Yeah, exactly. So I'm totally on board with you on that. You know, when you help people and you do it out of the kindness of your heart, long term, you will be successful and you'll get compensated in multiple different ways. So it's all about, you know, helping people and giving them the right advice, a kind guy, like you said, guiding them towards, a, you know, the right path and just helping them. And, you know, later on, you're going to have a lot of blessings, you know, way more success. And I, I see that right now. So it's going to be exciting for, for your journey as well. And it's such a good thing what you're doing right now. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And you are also doing great things uh, regarding the way you teach about insurance and personal finances. Thank you. And uh, uh, we are we are closing our podcast over here and uh, we will see, I will, I will see you uh, in the next couple of weeks and where we will talk about stocks and uh, investing yes. in that stuff. Yes, right. I'm excited for that one. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting you and we'll see you guys at the next one. Yes, thank you so much. Nice meeting you. Right. Nice to meet you. Bye, take care. Bye, take care.